0: Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning, being aware of awareness. Um, We're going to be three bells, Um, one every half an hour. So one in just a moment, one uh, 30 minutes from now, and then one at the end of the hour. So, as we kind of just notice where attention's been, perhaps outward world things, getting ourselves to where we want to be by the appointed time, attending to tasks. whatever was there to be done. This, these first few moments are always super helpful for me because I can take kind of a fresh look at what mind is chattering. And I, what I heard just now is I kind of, um, I had this little like moment of panic because there was all this chatter. and and i I heard this voice say, You don't know what to do. you, you don't know you don't you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and I could feel this whole nervous system go, Oh God, like maybe that's true. Just this this tightening. And then, of course, not of course, then thankfully, um, ah, that's what's going on here in mind. That's the chattering. I can't be me. I'm looking at it. I'm hearing it. I'm present to it. And there's just this still, this mini relief every time that is seen. Every time disidentification happens, because I, I sometimes I'm present when, when identification happens, but. More often, I'm there when disidentification happens.. Um, and I'm brought back to um, kind of pointing that you know, I'm sure I've heard lots and lots and lots of times before but I really, really saw it in action last week during the, in the world, in, uh, but not of it, embodying truth retreat with Gina. That what we don't see is automatically believed. What we don't catch is a thought go straight into the system as 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 something believed and so one one of the things that we have this glorious opportunity to do for this hour is just notice what's being seen, what's being observed, what's being noticed, and what was already believed, because it didn't get caught when it first came in, but that there's always a second chance. There are eternal second chances Because the moment we catch it, the belief is seen. And it is not just the case that believing is happening. And that transforms it back into an object in consciousness moving across the movie screen of awareness. and we no longer have the illusion of being caught inside the bubble, looking out and going, help, help, So offer a poem to start and Harkin, susceptible to light. It's called Holy Tavern. I love how little it works when either of us tries to be sober with the other Even when we put on our best attempt at (laughs) level-headedness, we're quickly convinced by the wild drunkard living within the other. I love how quickly the intoxication deepens. Each word, another hearty swig. I love my continually growing, burning, thirst for you. And mostly I love how even a relatively brief encounter turns this whole otherwise unenchanting world into a holy tavern. So even a relatively brief encounter with seeing, with noticing that lots of objects are being noticed. But within every scene of an object, lies the opportunity to turn attention inward and notice what's seeing it to what it is arising, you know, by what it is known. And when that shift happens, and it is suddenly kind of noticed that something's noticing all of it. That every little bit of this is arising to the presence, known by a knowingness. and we can check in with the body and see whether there's just this very, sometimes subtle, sometimes a little less subtle, depending on how much believing tightness is in the system. It's just kind of a letting go, a releasing, I'm not even exactly sure what is being released. It's just releasing is happening. Recognition is happening. We can check out for ourselves whether there's a, it's kind of rest, resting in that. Right there, you know, in the words of Papa G, we can call off the search. In the words of Paul Hederman, what's looking right now? That's what we're looking for. And um, I'm, I'm sure, sure Paul Hederman would have no problem um, with the observation that that's a refinement on the, the words of St. Francis, right? what we're looking for is where we're looking from. And of course the refinement is that Paul Hederman drops the bridge identity Of duality, that there's a me and there's a looking. And we can check for ourselves whether there's a me and a looking. Are there two things going on? And you can see how they're both you know, brilliant truth teachings. And, but one just points a little more directly. Well, kind of as directly as one can point. So St. Francis is said to have said, what we're looking from Sorry, where we're looking from is what we're looking for. And so super helpful pointing gets attention turned around, right? It's that inward focus. Only place that <laughs> you know that can show us that we're actually then at least looking in the place where we could find it. Um, So that's helpful, but you can feel what is even more direct. And you just check out for yourself what's looking right now. What's being looked for. You can drop the U out of the second part, right? Because we're just left then noticing that there is a very present and able capacity somehow to notice that something is already noticing. looking at what's looking is happening. And when what's looking, the aliveness that's right here, to that which hears these words, to that which hears whatever thoughts may be playing in mind, that which hears the birds, that which feels, feels the back on the surface. That. That doesn't have two things in it. There's just that. Just what's looking right now. And then somewhere in there, a thought is not seen. We've talked to them again about whatever isn't seen is automatically believed. Some point in there, all thought creeps in. This little I thought, this little me, That I'm looking at the what's looking. And so we just, you know, just no directly, we look right at that. And by we look right at that, I mean the what's looking. Muji uses the word isness, what is, what is right now. Right at that notion that there's some separate self here somewhere, some independent entity, we, With the what's looking, because what else would we look with? (laughs) With the what's looking, look right at that thought. If there's some independent me here, the one on whose behalf, all the defense happens, all the striving happens, all the grasping happens, that one. And and with what's looking, because there's nothing else to look with. Look right at that thought. Try to find that separate self, that independent me. You know, it's never about the knowing that there's no separate me. Yeah, I read that. You know, I got that, it's not knowing it in the head because that becomes another thought. It's looking with what's looking and having the what's looking confirm that all that is seen is empty, open, luminous space Nothingness, awareness that is both seen by what's looking and is an aspect of what's looking. The what's looking basically illuminates the, the unmanifest, the, the formless. You can see Shalane Harkin's poem play out within that. Read this again. It's called The Holy Tavern. I love how little it works when either of us tries to be sober with the other, you know, tries to hold on to the what's looking as the only thing that is being looked at, being looked with at itself. Even when we put on our best attempt at level-headedness, we're quickly convinced by the wild drunkard living within the other. So something happens in the world, someone says something to you, someone looks at you funny. (laughs) There's the thought. Is it seen as a thought? There's the nervous system reacting, detecting a threat, relying on its habitual conditioning. She says, I love how quickly the intoxication deepens. Each word, another hearty swig. Each I thought convinces that the last I thought was actually real. Necessary, and it just builds on it. The illusion just builds on itself. It just weaves up a new little mental conception of a separate self. And then she writes, I love my continually growing, burning thirst for you. for truth, right? For clarity. And mostly I love how even a relatively brief encounter turns this whole otherwise unenchanting world into a holy tavern. divine hypnosis sets in again and then our continual growing burning thirst for truth brings clarity again ah wow that was a whole lot of thinking (laughs) wow got roped into that pretty quick didn't i and even that, we can feel how how gently she's suggesting that this is just the dance. This is all the holy tavern. Where we all remember and swear we're never gonna forget again. What? Never gonna have another drink ever. And forgetting happens. And then what's looking lands on the forgetting, on the belief that I'm some separate, scared, fragile, vulnerable, all alone entity that needs to fight my way out. Or in the words that I heard when I first sat down, needs to know what they're doing. <laughs> you wouldn't want to not know what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, imagine that, you know, like Paul Ketterman says, life, you imagine that life is so fragile that it's all riding on us, <laughs> staying clear <laughs> about our truth. <laughs> oh. What's looking right now is what's looked for. So we're noticing that what's looking right now, that what's hearing right now, what's feeling right now, that to which all the senses pours in the data, that essential life awareness doesn't need any help. It's fully intact, functioning, alert, awake, aware. And and there's no doing, no efforting. that, even when that is heard and realized and accepted, what's looking just keeps on looking. What's looking like, is unaffected by whether understanding is present or clarity is present. You know, we can just kind of feel inside for the the energies that want to figure it out. Want to get it right. Want to just get clear once and for all, you know? Just, just done with this whole dance. What's looking looks right at those energies, those thoughts, those stories, those impulses, those desires. And looks at the sunlight streaming in, lush green trees and the feeling of the feet, the aliveness in the hands, the ease of the breath. And what's looking keeps looking like all things in form. They will come and they will go. They will rise and they will fall. Some thoughts won't be seen, so they'll be believed. What's looking just keeps looking. Life just keeps lifeing. And the silence beneath it all is constant, pristine, undisturbed, undisturbable. And what's looking? sees it all, it's all included, not one single thing is left out. That essential aliveness is untouched by any of it, and something sees all of it play out, and that something is right here, right now. And it's always right here and right now. That centered seat of consciousness is always in what often feels to me like the way, way back, back. (laughs) But no matter how way, way and back, back it may seem, we can confirm in our own experience. It's presence. What's looking looks right at what's looking. we can notice whether we use the the pointer, what's looking right now is what we're looking for. Like for me, it's like the mind just like centers this lookingness like kind of right around my eyes, right in the upper part of my face. And it kind of, has the feel or the illusion of being like a a thing that's there, that's being looked from. Almost like a big, fuzzy, dispersed set of goggles that don't have individual sides to them. And then when the pointing is that the way, way back, back is so always looking, something seeing all of it. All of a sudden mind shifts to some kind of vast just behind my shoulders, but then back, 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 and up, up, up and out and out, out. Kind of conception of that pointing. And there isn't a thought that says, oh, it is just that, or it is just this, or oh, that's, but just the way mind constructs the inner feeling of it, it like subtly creates the impression that it is even a vast, some type of form that is has an edge, has a boundary, has a beyond which it is not. So it seems like a perfect opportunity to notice that what's looking Does it have an edge? We just check. Does it have a boundary? we just push out, 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 up, 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 down, down? I mean, we just, we look. But what's looking, knows how to look at what's looking. Does it have a a curve or a corner? Does it have a way, way, way out where it's like, what's looking, what's looking, what's looking, Whoop nothing looking now, just a void. No, not here. Because what would be seeing that, right? What's looking would be seeing the void. So is there anywhere that what's looking isn't looking, isn't present? What if everything is arising not to you, but within you, you, of what's looking, of what sees, the knowings, the awareness the aliveness, the here and the nowness. Of course, we don't give it to mind. Mind would love to chatter away. But something sees that chatter. The what's looking looks right at that chatter, doesn't it? That chatter comes and goes, that can't be it. Plus once it's seen, it's, it's not fully believed to kind of, would you describe it as you cut the uh, power to a fan? Yeah, a fan doesn't stop right away, but that is the moment, the diminishment of its own seeming movement, existence, form, it starts to dissolve.
1: Me.
0: Share a quote from Seven Steps to Awakening by Ramana Maharshi. It's quote twelve eighty four. with mind turned inward, drown the world in the great void. Spell illusion. Beholding then the void as void, destroy the void By drowning it in the deep ocean of self-awareness. the mind turned inward, drown the world in the great void, dispel illusion. Beholding then the void as void, destroy the void by drowning it in the deep ocean of self-awareness. Mind turned inward, drown the world in the great void, dispel illusion. Beholding then the void as void, destroy the void by drowning it in the deep ocean of self-awareness.